What's really good, y'all? It's your girl Val here with B Spirit Led Podcast. I have an amazing guest, Miss Catherine Tinsley. Listen, y'all, I saw a video of this amazing woman on TikTok. And when I tell you, she blew my mind with the knowledge and the wisdom on this very interesting topic that I really don't see many people talking about. Like, y'all, when I tell you, it's going to blow your mind, especially for my women, our Black women. This is an episode you do not want to miss on. So welcome, Ms. Tinsley. Hey, girl, hey. Hi, how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to get into this. Yes, thank you so much for joining me. So, y'all, technology, it got a little ghetto on us, but it's all good because we are back. We are. It's all good. It's all good. So, I saw your TikTok, I think, like, last week or the week before. Yeah, like, two weeks ago. I have really not heard an educated answer on why so many Black women aren't married and kind of just that divide with like you know other races and like dating and marriage and things like that and just seeing your video and as well as the girl that you like stitch with I watched hers too and it really opened my mind to just understanding just the divide that there is within our community and black women specifically in marriage and things like that that I literally did not know about so y'all when I tell you, we were about to get into some deep stuff. But before we get into that, Catherine, tell us about yourself, um, where you're from, um, girl, what school you go to, what's happening in a couple weeks, and your amazing platform. So um, I'm, my name's Catherine. Um, I am born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Um, I was exclusively educated in Chicago, on, specifically on the south side, until college um and i went to um sarah lawrence a bootleg ivy as some people on tiktok have called it um (laughs) and i graduated in two weeks i'm very excited um Mm -hmm. and while i was at sarah lawrence so we don't have majors which um is a blessing and a curse um so i studied primarily economic theory and french literature um so my understanding of this topic really became kind of like a social science question. I was really curious as to the impact low marital rates were having on the Black community. I was also Mm -hmm. curious about the ethnic divide going on because we weren't really seeing this happening for other Black ethnic groups in America. Um, Mm -hmm. We were seeing a lot of Black people who are not African-American who lived amongst African-Americans being impacted by this issue, but we were not seeing large numbers statistically of... um, non-African-American Black folks having such a large issue with the marriage market. So created a, like a l- variety of questions. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very nerdy. I, I'm a researcher. I love academia. Um, hopefully I'll get a PhD someday. Um, yes. So I just, you know, went into the literature as one does. And I stumbled upon um, is marriage for, for white people. I stumbled upon like studies done at Columbia. Um, I said studies done in the rural South, looking at the difference between the North, the South, um, rural communities versus urban communities um, and kind of just collected. I mean, I, I think I ended up with this 65 page like research paper at the end of the wow. time. So um, I have a lot of 
data, a lot of thoughts, a lot of opinions that have been formulated from education um, about this topic. So I'm super excited for us to go into it. Absolutely. And I love that your research goes beyond just Black people and it goes from non-African American um, Black people as well, because that is something that um, I feel like doesn't get done a lot is just understanding that there are, you know, Black people within America who are immigrants yeah, and, you know, are from the Hispaniola, are from the diaspora, things like that. And I, I love that, you know, you, you pinpointed that. And that is, you know, a space that you also were, were doing research in because that doesn't happen often. Everyone just kind of gets grouped in together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and you know what the problem with, with, with that is, um, we are all black in America, but um, we have different cultures. And so our, our cultural differences, but also our cultural struggles are not the same. So for me, um, you know, so I have a Puerto Rican mother, an African-American father. Um, and, you know, I have a few other ethnicities, but those are the two that I primarily claim. Um, so as a byproduct of that, like I identify as African-American, I grew up African-American, but like my mother raised me. So I also have an awareness of, you know, a non-black woman of color who was married to a black man um, and how that works, but then also um, non-African-American black folks in this country. So what was happening was a lot of people, especially researchers, because a lot of this research is not done by black people and black academics. So Mm. the book I read was done by a black sociologists but a lot of the research done is not done by black people so even understanding of how colorism impacts the marital market was not being mm. done because white people don't they see a difference between a light-skinned girl and a girl. Right. black to white folks um so that kind of awareness was not present in a lot of the data that i looked at but um the issue i think with that is that because we're so used to using umbrella terminology right we're always like people of color black people um, Latinx, right? Like we're not actually acknowledging cultural and sometimes racial differences within those umbrella terms. Um, mm-hmm. So as a byproduct of that, you know, research can be confusing because black is an umbrella. I mean, even like I did a TikTok about guess my ethnicity and everyone got it wrong. because They're like, you're a black girl who's confused. I'm like, I'm not confused. Ethnicity and race are not the same thing. Right. Um, and so because people don't know the difference between nationality, race and ethnicity, people are forgetting the cultural differences and the cultural struggles um, that are existing within our country because America is no longer just white Americans and African Americans. America has become more and more diverse and we're getting more and more black immigrants, which is beautiful. We're diversifying, Um, but we're not acknowledging how those cultural differences are creating very different black struggles in America. Mm, Okay. So diving into nationality, ethnicity, and race. So ethnically so both my parents are Haitian immigrants Mm -hmm. and my mom is also Canadian um so uh, let me make sure I got this right for myself okay (laughs) so uh, nationality I'm Haitian American right so your nationality would be American I'm just American just American yes okay and my ethnicity would be Haitian. Yes. And my race is Black. Yes. Look at me being an academic. Okay, girl. (laughs) (laughs) 
So if you had dual citizenship, you would be yes, Haitian. yes. So yeah, girl, once all that Trump stuff was going on, I was like, listen, I might have to see y'all later, okay? <laughs> I'll send y'all a postcard, okay? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going you. here. I'm escaping now, <laughs> but it's I I love that um, because you know for me being um, a daughter of first generation immigrants um it really has been a challenge for just my family to understand that like being married and being a black woman in america and dating and being married is like not like it used to be and mm-hmm. it's not like island life you know what i'm saying oh yeah trust me i know like <laughs> it's totally different things and like my dad's side of the family they grew up in the projects in brooklyn so even just that, like, I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in predominantly white spaces. And it's just like, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. guys have to understand that, like, first of all, just the time frame, we're in a different time. Yes, there's more, you know, interracial couples and things like that. But just the level of ignorance and hate towards black people but black women it's different than it was back then you know what I'm saying absolutely like black culture was celebrated more I personally feel like back in the day for the simple fact that like it was up and coming and it was the foundation of you know music and culture and lifestyle and things like that which we you know live out today so I I feel like as we're coming into times where you know yes there's more um, mixing of races and also to people are really going back to their roots and things like that. And black people are wanting to know who they are beyond um, being African-American mm-hmm. or, you know, you only focusing on one side of their family if they are mixed race and really embracing their other side, especially if they're like white and black or, you know, mm-hmm. some other uh, ethnicity and uh, black, like, they're really trying to dig deep into their African heritage and roots and things like that. So that stuff, I don't remember it being like that when I was growing up, but I remember it being like that when my parents were coming up and like now it's happening again. Like people are embracing, you know, head wraps now and they're embracing African culture now and they're embracing all the things. They're even like the fact that so many people even, in this day and time are embracing African-American culture. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they got white girls up here on what Jimmy Fallon doing dances that black creatives made. And it's just like, okay, but I thought that stuff was ghetto and tacky and classless and whatever. But I, what y'all up there twerking and doing all this other stuff, not even killing it. <laughs> no offense, offense. <laughs> and so, yeah. All that stuff is a lot, but I know I'm getting off topic, but just your platform in general, just the specifics of it. Like I, I, like I was telling you earlier, like your conversation of um, the fat phobia and things like that, like just everything that I've been seeing on um, your Instagram and things like that, like those conversations are so needed and prevalent. Um, But specifically with the uh, TikTok that I saw um, and just why African-American women are less likely to be married than any other race and things like that. Like, 
why is that? Like, what is the root of that? And what have you learned? Yeah, I mean, first, we got to start with slavery. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people want us to not acknowledge slavery, but you cannot analyze the the Black American experience and then specifically the African American experience without looking at the impacts of slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we really have to talk about, first, first of all, the trauma of slavery and that trauma is inherited. Um, mm. And so there, Black folks, we have, we have a lot of trauma. We have been traumatized by our country. And unlike other Black people in America, we don't have another country to claim or to go to. Um, right. And so I think, you know, that is, that is a foundational issue, right, that we have, to, we have to look at. And Black people, there's been, as long as we've been in this country, there's been an attack on our family, right? Black women were assaulted and forced to bear the child of their assault. And then that child was separated and put in the house while they were working in the field. Right. Black women's children were sold away from them. Their husbands were assaulted in front of their families to to emasculate him, right? So we have to look at how slavery has impacted our familial dynamics. Even the concept of the independent Black woman comes from slavery, right? Mm. That was intentional. So that way you can think that Black women could not rel- would not need you once you were depend on you. So that way you would isolate her by herself. So you can't really analyze the black marital struggle without looking at slavery. And everyone likes to say, well, black people didn't marry during slavery. Black people didn't legally marry, but marriage is a sacrament, right? Before mm-hmm. anything else, before the paperwork, before anything, marriage is a sacrament. Black folks were still getting married as far as the the sacrament and the spiritual significance of marriage. Black folks were still getting married. Black folks right. were not getting legally married and they were not getting married for the purpose of wealth and mobility, which is what non-black people were doing legally. Um, but as far as the, the, the sentiment was the same. Um, mm-hmm. So we have to look at slavery and then life post-slavery. So you have the attack on the Black family during Jim Crow. You have Black husbands being lynched. You have, then you go into um, welfare and them forcing Black fathers to not live in the house. Um, mass incarceration. Like, like the attack of the Black family is just ever evolving. And mm-hmm. so you can't really... I think analyze the what's like the psyche of you know Black America and our low marital rates without starting with slavery and then translating that kind of how it's evolved into today. Um, <clears throat> we first of all like because of systemic racism, um, because of mass incarceration, because of um, also high homicide and high suicide rates of Black men. Black women Mm -hmm. outnumber Black men in Mm -hmm. general. There's more of us than them. And Black women have also overwhelmingly socially surpassed Black men. Mm -hmm. Women, regardless of race, do not date down. Men date for physical attributes. Men are, are, as far as how it's been analyzed, men date for um, what they find attractive and appealing. Women date for security. Mm. Um, Woman, a woman will not find security in a man she has to provide for and lead. That's not right. something a woman's going to feel secure in. So women overwhelmingly look for men who have similar earning potential, similar academic achievement, similar pedigree. Um, and that's all women, regardless of race. The problem is black women are the only demographic in our country where the women have socially surpassed them. Because mm. even though white women are more educated than white men, white men still make more money than white women. Right. So we are looking at kind of the impacts of 
so uh, words we're looking at the impacts of systemic racism mm-hmm. and how it's been designed to kind of make us not really meet at the same point and so mm. with black women having the strongest same race preference and then women wanting to date their equals or their superior um there are not enough black men in the in the marital market for black women to pick from that are also their equals so a lot of black women are not do not date interracially um and Mm -hmm. so as a byproduct of that they're not getting married they're waiting for their black man that is their equal um socially right because you can be evenly yoked as far as intellect and you know values but socially they're equal and you know that's just not a lot of men a lot of black men specifically apologies Girl, my God, you just—we could just end it right here. I mean, <laughs> so even with that, you talking about like mobility and things like that. So with all of what you just said, how does that impact um, marital rates within the African American community and middle class specifically? And like, what does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, um. Basically, with all of that, um, at least so we always talk about black women being unmarried, but black men are also overwhelmingly unmarried. I think the difference is probably about maybe five percent, maybe less mm-hmm. than that. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of black men have not are not seen as fit for the marital market, sadly, um, on the basis of um, whether they have a record, um, whether or not they've you know gone to college, whether or not they've um, they're earning a certain amount of income. There's also a lot of, um, whether we like it or not, bias around trade jobs. Now you can make six oh, figures yes. trade. You know, I know a multimillionaire who owns a construction company and has no student loan debt. But because mm. he's in construction, I know a lot of women that look down on him, even though this right. man is wealthy and has two Porsches and a Tesla. Right. Um, so we can't act like, you know, that stigma doesn't exist. Um, so, you know, there are some people who are missing out on their blessing because their husband is going to be in construction. They're like, okay. Girl. Hey, Catherine, please, <laughs> you are reading me and my sisters for filth right now. Please, please. Um, not knowing that a lot of these people in trade jobs are are their bag is secured and they got no student loan debt. Yes. Um, so we got to work on that too. We we have to do that work, right? But um, back to the question. Um, it's created this imbalance, and so as a byproduct of that. Um, wealth, at least in the Western sense, right? Um, wealth is generational, but it's also it's protected through union, right? Which is mm-hmm. why it's a legal contract. Um, y- you can't really build generational wealth without having a union and children born into a union. You can't. Um, as wealthy as Oprah is, Oprah is unmarried with no kids. That mm. wealth will die with her. Um, so what we're seeing now is that the black, more black people, at least Gen Z is hard because we're still so young. So that research has not really been done yet because, you know, we're not all at marital age just yet. Um, mm-hmm. But what we've really seen is like a lot of black people are born into middle class, but um, it's getting smaller and smaller by the generation. Wow. Um, so as a by and the black middle class is it's fragile um black mobility and black success is dependent on the strength of the of the strength of the black middle class um and with mm. black women going to college and not finding husbands not getting married they're not having kids educated mm. black women are overwhelmingly celibate so the 
black women having child children out of wedlock are usually women who do not have access to proper sexual health, proper um, birth control, um, access to abortions, access to um, anything like, you know, because um, yeah. that's the white women in, in rural America as well. Um, so as a byproduct of that, um, with the kind of high birth rates out of wedlock, the lower black middle class is expanding based on the lack of access to sexual health care. Wow. Um, so that's really what we're seeing. Because um, mm-hmm. when we talk about the whole, well, black women out of wedlock, black people are culturally conservative. So right. the girl who went to Yale and Harvard and Princeton is not having a baby out of wedlock. Um, right. She has too much pride. Right. Um, so it's going to be someone who does not have access to proper overwhelmingly, you know, this is a generalization, but based off of just research, because this does happen to white women in rural America as well, it's really based off of lack of access to proper sexual health care. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be the lower black middle class. I mean, not the lower black middle class, the lower class black America, which is expanding. It's not a bad thing, but it's just the reality. Right, right. I mean, I guess you could kind of say it is a bad thing for the simple fact that you know the black family it's kind of being decreased you know what I'm saying because you know we're not adding to the black family by you know procreating with other black men um and also too girl when I tell you 90% of the educated black women that I do know are celibate are Mm -hmm. single And Mm -hmm. when they do meet men, you know, we'll talk about this a little further, but, you know, the high value man conversation and stuff that I keep seeing so much of. And I'm just like, where did this come from? Yeah. Who who started this? (laughs) Like, what pits of hell did this conversation come from in this mindset? But even just that, you know, for me, I'm just like, yeah, I've been in these spaces where, you know, these single young black men they're really feeling themselves because they know they're in the minority mm-hmm. they know that they are outnumbered by women and so they really are keeping their options open and these are like mid to late 20s some early 30s and i really don't see a lot of them settling down i see them really just settling for having children with women and not committing to them mm-hmm. and so because of issues like that like what rates and like what differences are you seeing in marital rates between African-American women in comparison to non-African-American communities in America? Yeah. So the research is very limited. I will be honest with you um, Mm -hmm. because that awareness of ethnic differences does not exist for most of the people doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I will say is, the issue of like the woman surpassing the men socially, um, but also the men um, who are kind of in these environments overwhelmingly wanting to date, you know, non-black women um, as in these high value male situations isn't existing, oh. right? We see a lot of Nigerian men wanting Nigerian women who even are in the same tribe, same religion, et cetera. They're not playing. Um, mm-hmm. We see a lot of Haitian men wanting Haitian women. We see Ghanaian men wanting Ghanaian women. Um, they're, the, the immigrant perspective is influencing, I think, maybe the value of community mm. in the way that I think because African-Americans, we still are American at the end of the day. Um, and our culture has been um, exploited as in, exploited and marketed as American culture. I mm-hmm. think the um, 
the value of the culture and keeping that and maintaining it within a family um, is not the same. Um, mm. And we're seeing that a lot of Black immigrant populations on the basis of being immigrants in America want to be with their own. And that includes culture and, and ethnicity, um, right. which also makes it difficult because there might be African-American women. And this has been my experience. I've dated an Ethiopian man who's like, I have to be with an Ethiopian girl. Period. Wow. Um, so a lot of African-American women who might want to date black men who are not african American, they're not trying to date us. They want their own people. They will they will kick it with you and you can kick and ha ha. But they're not playing as far as who they're going to marry. They're going to marry someone who is of their community. Mm. And we're not seeing that same energy for African-American men. Woo, girl. And they all up and down the Internet letting it be known, mm-hmm. which is girl beyond me that your mother's a black woman your Mm -hmm. sister your grandmother you know what i'm saying just the women who literally have helped shape you to be the man that you are not to say you know the whole preferences conversation stuff like that yeah we get that people like what they like when they like it how they like it that's cute that's cool but your preferences should be based upon you right like like i'm five foot eleven and i'm not petite like I'm I'm not this I'm not like I'm not curvy but I'm not tiny either. I physically cannot be with someone who is below six foot two and and under two hundred and thirty pounds. It's just not right. gonna work because I'm 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 a I'm a bigger girl. I need a big mm-hmm. man. Um, that's a preference based off of me as an individual, right? That's not mm-hmm. based off of white supremacy, right? Um, and that's what they're not comprehending like yes i told you that i'm like you're too short and he's like that's so mean and i'm like okay but you only want me because i'm white-skinned so you have a preference based on white supremacy i have a preference based on the fact that i'm not tiny um, <laughs> and so that is really the issue because even colorism has been studied in, in the marriage market right mm-hmm. like, like white-skinned women like when black women are married they're overwhelmingly light-skinned that is so true um even you talking about colorism and things like that, you know, for me, I identify and I get, you know, called a lot dark skinned woman, brown skinned woman, mm-hmm. it teeter totters. I'm fine with either. I really don't, it's not a big deal for me. Um, so even me just being a fluffy girl and, you know, being a darker skinned woman, I'm just finding too that when I'm in spaces with women that are shaped the same way as me, you know, same personality, same everything that sometimes, you know, my light skin sisters can, you know, sometimes get chosen first or mm-hmm. spoken to first or acknowledged first. Um, and so even in those kind of spaces where it's like, okay, so it's not that you don't like black women. It's that your black women have to look a certain way. So mm-hmm. even too, on a conversation of, I was talking to my friend about this yesterday about how even when it comes to, you know, bigger women, how there's a certain kind of bigger woman that men want. They want the girl that has the the curves and the the small cinched waist. And, you know, they want the big bud and the this and the that. They want the BBL looking women. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. But it's just like, okay, so y'all don't want like fat sloppy girls. Y'all don't want girls who got the real low hanging fupas. Y'all don't want girls that have, 10 back rolls you know what I'm saying you don't want girls yeah. with the auntie arms you want the girls with just the little you know hot pocket arms so it, it it goes so deep and like you said too even with systematic racism and men's preferences and things being rooted in that and not so much 
what you actually as a man like. And also to the ignorance that men are literally basing what their wives are going to be inside and out on societal preferences. It's not even, you don't even know what you actually like. You're nope. literally basing what you like off of what you see on Instagram, what the shade room says, what your what rappers say in music. Like mm-hmm. it's, and then the thing is too, you don't even have those kind of women in your environment and you're missing out on quality women in all different facets because of that. Yeah, I mean, look at, look at, ask a woman what, her, what she wants in a man, right? She'll probably give you a height she might give you a bill if she cares, but usually they won't. Um, but she's going to tell you, I want a man that's God-fearing. I want a man that's funny. I want a man that values this, that, and the third, right? Ask a man, you know, what he wants a woman. He'll probably say slim thick. I want mm. her to five foot five. I want her to have this size shoe. Because, her real hair. Yeah, her real hair. Not even knowing what real hair is. Um, <laughs> because men's preferences sadly are overwhelmingly physical yeah. um, you know and they're they're overwhelmingly superficial I have you know I I grew up with all women so as a byproduct of that um I love masculine energy most of my friends are men most of my friends are straight black men um so I have these conversations with them and they feel comfortable telling me you know the truth um mm-hmm. and none of them None of my guy friends have ever dated a girl based off of who she was as a person. Wow. I don't know one. And I know I know a lot of men. I spend most of my time and my free time around straight black men. Um, and also just in the line of work that I am, I, I, I have to be able to ask these questions to men, even those that I'm, I don't know personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe it is age. I'm only 21. So, you know, hopefully maturity will change. But I can't give you one that's named anything beyond the physicality. They might want her to be like nice, but nice is subjective. Mm. Um, so they really want someone who physically looks a certain way and someone that um, makes their life quote unquote easy, right? I asked the black man that I know, you know, why don't you date black women? His, his direct response, I don't want to feel challenged. Oh, um, the ego, I, I, I can't, I can't. Yeah, so it's, it's always, it's always going to be something physical and probably like, the cool girl narrative which doesn't actually exist um mm. so that's sadly what it is and women will give you something that you know compliments them as an individual and men yes. will get upset about it but it's just the reality of the differences of how men and women date men really just date off like, does she look cute and will she look good on my arm and will other right. people think she looks good on my arm mm. bingo there it is <laughs> and that right there i feel like when uh, men are in spaces where they can look good with that honesty they share that but in all actuality they'll say something really deep and just untrue and like that's really not how they actually feel yeah and so even with you know tapping around that kind of conversation of you know preferences and what men are actually looking for and the women that they're marrying things like that. Um, you talked about um, a book called Is Marriage for White People? Mm-hmm. And so what were like your findings in navigating through that um, literature? Yeah, um, I think it's a phenomenal book. I think everybody should read it, if, especially if you're a Black woman and you've been like, what's going on? Um, yes, you know, I'm I, definitely going to pick that book up at my job. 
you know, I'm well-educated. Um, I come from pedigree. My dad's a plastic surgeon and my mom's an executive. Um, I've never, I, I've lived, I lived in an affluent black community. Um, I come from a bougie black community. I am the light skin girl with curly hair. I think of myself as attractive. Um, mm-hmm. I physically could not date. Did not matter because I was not white. And I tell people mm. this and they don't believe me. And it's like, no. I had men tell me they were attracted to me. They liked me, but they need a white woman to get to where they want to be in life. Um, and and oh everyone gosh. thinks I'm making this up. And I'm like, I wish I recorded all these conversations so you could know. Um, and then I would try to date interracially. But then it's like, I like you, but my parents can't meet you. Oh, um, my gosh. So it's like, OK, so I can't be with my own because they want a white girl. Um, and I can't date interracially because they got to bring home someone who's the same thing as them or a white girl. So I can't really win in this situation. So it, it was it was an individual problem. And then I was, you know, I grew up in a black community. I grew up in a bougie black community. So everyone is Ivy League educated or some equivalent, but everybody's black, um, mm-hmm. which is very unique. Um, not a lot of neighborhoods are like that. So I got really yeah. lucky. Um, and so we were all coming back from our like Northeastern colleges and I had friends at Yale, friends at Howard, friends at Princeton, friends at Wellesley, friends at NYU. And we all just were like coming back, having a regular kickback and talking about it. And it was this shared experience, right? Um, and then we were bringing in colorism. You're bringing in fat phobia. You're bringing in texturism. And it's like, okay, she's going through this, but it's 10 times worse, right? Because she's going through colorism on top of it. This is 10 times worse for she's going through fat phobia on top of it. Like, so it was really just came from like, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but like, it really came from just like having all these conversations and being like, okay, I need to find like why the hell this is like happening to everybody I know and so mm-hmm. my sister um was like girl I read this book you need to buy it so I did um and with the book it really came down to um America is very divided right um it's divided on the basis of race but also class mm-hmm. um so bl- so a lot of people don't really meet people outside of their race or class group until probably college. But even with that, you're still a part of the educated class. Um, so mass incarceration is usually the thing people turn to. But um, a man who's on his way to the prison system and a girl who grew up in a community like mine would never meet each other a day in their lives. So that doesn't actually explain the problem fully. Mm-hmm. Um, because these two people would never cross paths. So what is the actual problem? That's a variable, but it's not the, the full issue. And so what's happening is, like I said, Black women outnumber Black men. Um, mass incarceration is an issue, but even with that, like most Black men are not in jail. Most Black men have not gone to jail. Um, mass incarceration and Black men overwhelmingly being incarcerated is not the same as most Black men being in jail. Um, and that's really important because that's a very popular misconception in a way data is manipulated to fit into a narrative. Mm. Um, so that's important for me to bring up. But uh, the biggest issue is that, you know, we're outnumbering Black men. A lot of Black women are more educated, but then also Black women have the strongest same race preference. So the book kind of basically, you know, in a very educated sense, tells Black women to prioritize, you know, their social equals over their race. Mm. Um, wow and so you know I agree with that but at the same time you know one thing the book does not ask which I ask um, is whether or not interracial dating is even an option for black women um, hmm. and I think it's always assumed 
that black women have a, are closed off in a race dating. Now, I do think older generations are. I don't really think Gen Z is. Um, you know, our generation has not really been looked at just yet, but I really right. feel like a lot of Gen Z black women are open to interracial dating. It's Girl, millennials to too. I mean, yeah. I know that if you look online, a lot of times, a lot of these affluential black women, um, women who are, you know, in more high-end spaces and also to those who are higher earners and things like that, especially I don't know what it is, but darker skinned women, mm-hmm. they out here with white men. Yeah. And it's like the white bo- it's like the white man, white men. It's not like mm-hmm. Chet Hanks. Like it's it's, it's not, not giving Travis Chet Kelsey. Hanks. It's really <laughs> giving Matthew McConaughey. Like <laughs> it, it's crazy. I'm yeah. but I'm just like, where and how? And what's the dynamic? Are these men approaching you? Like, are y'all in the same spaces? Because for me, I've never been approached by a white man in my life. And when I did give a white man a chance, he fetishized me. Mm. He literally dated me just to see if he could, if I would be, as a Black woman, be interested in him and what it would be like to be with me. Mm. Not Valerie, but a Black woman. Yeah, And, you know, people think that that's, like, some type of, like, stereotypical thing. And it's, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, whatever else they say. No, it's a genuine fear. And it's a legitimate issue. Right. It is. It is. And I think, um, you know, I've I've dated interracially more than I've dated interracially just because there were no black men that wanted to date me. And if they did, they liked the fact that I was mixed and I'm not going to be with no colorist. I, hmm. I really, I am one of the few people, like when I tell you that that is like, you will be blocked on my phone. Um, like that is one thing for me that is beyond a deal breaker. Um, yeah. You know, I have a dark skinned father. I have dark skinned aunts. Um, my sister is darker than I am. So when you're making comments like that, you're talking about most of my family. Um, right. And if I have a child and that that's your skin complexion my, and I have a daughter, are you going to tell me my daughter's ugly? Hmm. So um, as a byproduct of that, um, I've not really dated a lot of black men um, just because many of them liked me because I was light and not because of who I was as a person. I don't want to be with a colorist. Um, mm-hmm. So I've dated white men. I've dated Indian men. I've dated like just different ethnicities. I've dated an Ethiopian guy, like just because there were no African-American men available to me that were not interested in me beyond my skin complexion. Mm. Um, And I think there are conversations you have to have immediately as a black person that I think gives you insight into someone's intentions. Mm -hmm. Um, You really got to ask real questions. Like, have you dated a black person before? How would your family react to you being with a black girl? Um, you know, if something were to happen, because it might, how would you respond? Right. Um, if someone calls me the N-word, what are you going to say? Right. Um, and I think that those conversations are super important, but at the same time, like, the reality is, like, like I said before, I'm like, you know, interracial, but also interracial dating have not been successful for me. So um, yeah. even with those conversations being had, it didn't result in a, a relationship or or, a, or something that was solid. It still resulted in some bullshit, just in a different context. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I support Black women being loved out loud. 
Yeah. And if that's going to be done by a white man, awesome. Um, but if it's not going to be done by a white man or a black, like, you know, I don't want black women settling for bullshit. And I don't right. want black women settling for trauma. And I don't want black women settling for disrespect. And mm-hmm. I don't want black women settling for being put into the Jezebel narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, there are black men who can contribute to that too, right? Um, right. So I think it's it's a lot. And I probably said a mouthful, so I apologize. G- but, Listen, um... <laughs> this, is, this is top tier. This is right on money. This is needed. Like, it's it's heavy. And when I tell you, like, we as Black women are having these conversations amongst ourselves, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not out there. It's not yeah. on the platform yet. When I, just when I tell you, like, my friends and I talk about this all the time. And even to go deeper into what you're saying, um, for me, um, being Haitian American um, and culturally, I identify with both. Mm-hmm. Being Haitian, I speak the language. I go to my island. I go back home. I cook. Ooh. I listen. Everything about me is Haitian, okay? But Haitian also, food is yummy. <laughs> I am heavily influenced by African-American culture. Mm-hmm. That is literally majority. That, that, that's also who I am. Like, yeah. my, no, my parents are not African-American, but language, culture music lifestyle mindset everything like i i also identify as african-american as well Mm -hmm. and so even just with dating i realized that when it comes to black men i always find myself uh getting approached by or dating more african men Mm. than i do african-american men or african-american men excuse me, African men are the ones who are usually more marriage minded, more family minded, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to African American men. Which is a cultural difference too. Cause like Ab- I mean right. My mom's Puerto Rican and so, you know, very Catholic. Um, very Catholic culturally. Um so, you know, marriage is a priority and marrying mm-hmm. young is a priority. Oh um, yes. My mom got married your at ovaries. 20. Yeah, 19, wasting 20. your ovaries is not going to happen. Um, you know, my mom married the first time at 18. Um, and had my brother at 21. And then, you know, 20 years later, got remarried and had two kids. Um, so, you know, it's interesting because, like, culturally, it's very different. But, like, yes. I just, you know, I, I identify as African-American. I grew up, you know, in an African-American community. Um, and it's, like, the the value of marriage I don't feel like is the same amongst our community, but at the same time, we're not seeing a lot of marriages. Yes. We're not seeing a lot of successful marriages. Yes. Uh, and I think as a byproduct of that, I think as a community, we've stopped valuing marriage. And oh, yes. It's, you know, it's sad. Um, I, I hope that that changes and changes quickly. Um, because even like beyond just like, you know, the legal benefits of being married, um, it is a sacrament, you know, and I don't understand how someone can say I'm a man of God, but I can never be married, but I'm gonna have five kids out of wedlock. Like, uh, not, you're you not stepping on toes, Catherine. You are <laughs> stepping on toes, ma'am. <laughs> it's not what you preach. 
you preach being a man of God, but you got all these kids with different people and, you know, out of them out of wedlock and, you know, you can't be that holy and that godly if you are messing around and having kids. Not only that, taking a step further, these men are having sex with black women, having mm-hmm. set unprotected sex with women, but will still end up marrying outside of their race. Yeah, yeah. And that's, um, you know, I think I just had this conversation with my sister because we were talking about how, um, you know, situations where you're dealing with a guy and you might really like him and he chooses someone else, which it happens. It's life, you know. Mm-hmm. But the reason he chose them was because of a because that person was not black. Right. And, that and that's literally it. That is the only basis that they choose to marry that person is yeah. just a basic base, literally off of race, period. So navigating from that and just the, we talked earlier about how women, they do um, black, excuse me, African-American women desire same race preferences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they are usually uh, outnumbering men in education and um, high earning and things like that. Right. I'm not sh- sure. Oh, I'm pretty sure that you've been hearing these conversations of high value men, high value women, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts about that? Like, do you do you see these conversations and just this mindset as like helpful or harmful? Um, and just I, me personally, I'm just like, where did this even come from yeah you know i don't know what the origins of the high value man and woman conversation is it's also very interesting because it's like i feel like that the what people are labeling as a high value woman seems to be very superficial while like the high value man is very like much like a resume oh Um, but i do think like the concept of like high value is subjective because i think it's also dependent on the individual and where they come from like for example like my idea of a high value man is exclusively Ivy League educated. Like if you didn't go to Harvard Law School, I wouldn't consider you a high value man. You might be a great man. You might be an amazing mm. man. I might want to be with you, but I would not think of you as a high value man. To me, a high value man is simply just a resume. That's just, you went to Harvard, you're a high value man. Um, mm-hmm. That's just what it is to me. But to other people, a high value man might be just being educated is enough. Um, so, and also... Again, I think the concept of like a high value man does not mean that's someone that you want to to be with. In my personal opinion, I want, you know, a leader, protector, and provider. I don't really care where you went to school. Uh, right. But that you might be an amazing man, a dynamic man, a powerful man, um, a wonderful man, a godly man, but that doesn't necessarily make you a high value man. Mm. Um, and then I think the high value woman is interesting because the conversation about that seems to be very superficial. Um, and it's like, smart and educated and beautiful but mute and it's just like this feels very misogynist um at the same time like the high value man concept is also rooted in patriarchy because it's also like oppressive for men and i don't think they realize that um so you know i i think it's here's my thing patriarchy is just that damaging that like we have to have this conversation of like high value men and high value women and and neither of these are about character oh good I listen I was on my way there okay yeah I I think it's that oppressive and I think the moment 
we all start realizing that, you know, as black folks, patriarchy, especially white patriarchy, was not designed for us or to benefit. Yes. Um, we will be a, a happier people. Um, because black yes. men are also victims of the patriarchy. Um, Absolutely. In, in a different way. But um, thinking that Kevin Samuels is an Ivy League professor shows oh, you how many black men are victims to the patriarchy, that they will take the opinions of Kevin Samuels over some a black man with four PhDs. Like, you know what God. I mean? Like, it just shows you um, how damaging it has become. I mean, even like the idea of like wanting like black men who prefer white women, that's a product of white patriarchy. You want the white man's wife. You want the white man's woman as your signifier of mobility. That's mm. where that comes from. It comes from white patriarchy and trying to steal the possessions of a white man versus mm. understanding that this needs to be dismantled. Because you want, you know, black men who want non-black women, specifically white women, it's because they want the possessions of a white man and women mm -hmm. retired to very recently were perceived as property so you know we take you take your husband's name because that's a signifier of property the reason why black folks are is because of property mm -hmm. um, so i think you know the moment we realize that patriarchy is really damaging to our people and the moment we realize we should value character and values over someone's resume, I think yes. half your community. Um, like I said earlier, I mean, I don't understand people who have stigmas against men in trade. Like, but that's definitely existing. Um, Absolutely. So high value man doesn't necessarily mean um, you're great. Absolutely. And you really hit the nail on the head because I have found my space, I have found myself in spaces where I'm meeting and um, interacting with quote unquote high value men, right? Mm -hmm. Because they have degrees <laughs> or they are a doctor or they are a lawyer or they make a certain amount of income, um, whatever the case may be, right? They're also single, you know, they, they look yeah. the part, things like that, right? Yeah. But girl, the character, the mm -hmm. integrity, it's not there the brotherhood girl it's men out here calling themselves high value you don't even have a a a, a, a friend to even check you in your manhood mm -hmm. like you have no community people don't respect you in these streets or people don't even know you you're not helpful you go to work and you go home your money literally goes to your pockets stays in your home and just regenerates there it doesn't go into the community it right. doesn't go into anything that you preach and talk about online. It doesn't go into anything. Literally, you are the only one that benefits off of you. You are yeah. the only one that benefits off of your education. You are the only one that benefits off of your your, your finances. And it's just like, what? A high-value man ha usually has no values. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl. Girl. And on that note, Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. She said what she said. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like when I tell you that has really been such just an eye-opening thing for me is men that consider themselves high value because what? Because you have Instagram followers? Mm -hmm. Because what? Because you have a job? Because what? Because, okay, like people know you on a surface level, but it's like, okay, but when we really get to know the nitty gritty of who you are, bro, you're trash and your heart is trash. And people on a personal level, they really actually don't respect. And everything that you're about 
it's really just like a facade. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you show and talk a good game online because it's conducive to your brand or it's conducive to your money. You know what I'm saying? You have to be this person in order to upkeep a quote-unquote lifestyle and an appearance in society. You're not even respected amongst your peers. So what's going on? Like, so I'm really, really, really realizing that men really think that women, especially Black women, are so shallow. Mm -hmm. But... I will say that a lot of sisters are becoming very, I don't want to be ignorant, but a lot of my sisters, I thought it was a joke at first, and I thought we were all on the same page with the whole city girl thing. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong, I love JT and Carisha, Young I Miami, do too. excuse me. Like, those are my girls, like, period, love Santana, like, but I, I thought that that was still kind of like a thing where we're just like, yeah, but that's not tangible. But that kind of mindset and lifestyle isn't something that we're actually like, we're into, like we actually want and desire. Yeah. But no, like it is. Like when I tell you the women that I hear online, and even in just advice that older women give me about, you know, bump marriage, bump men, bump love, like, Marry for money. Make sure you're getting what you got to get out of this or whatever. Hear me when I say I understand as women that when we get into marriages that we do need to be whole, solidified, stable, all these things. We need to know. You need to know you can take care of yourself before you get married. Mm -hmm. Like you need to know how to make money. You need to know how to do well with money and your skills and talents. God forbid something happens to that man. God forbid he leaves you, or he dies, or he gets hurt. You need to know that you can take care of your family too. Not just the man is the end-all, be-all when it comes to provision. And then your money is just whatever. No, your money also has value and adds value as well. But I did not realize that we really are in a society where women are kind of only chasing men for the bag and for the luxe lifestyle and mm -hmm. they actually aren't even keeping men accountable to their character and so then it's like when we do when those men do finally get you know encounter women like us they're like she's difficult or she's doing too much or you know she's too strong head or she's too strong willed but it's just like no it's women out here that are actually like making it that easy for you to be ignorant and small-minded and dense. Yeah. And then when you actually do come encounter with a woman who wants more besides a bag that you say that you have, which you actually really don't even have, that's a whole right. other conversation. <laughs> it, it, it's not, it's not adding up. So I did not realize that, that's actually what is really going on out here and that the city girl mindset is a real thing and like i said i love my girls but but they don't even live that lifestyle like carisha's got two kids jt is engaged a little uzi or maybe even married i don't know but and I she's also pressed think, yeah she is pressed jt is not the same jt is different in a relationship than she is single whole time jt whole time jt is not whole she's yeah. showing us that but I think it's also like 
you know, however old you are, you start dating. Some people start in high school. Most black people start a lot older because their parents are probably like hell to the motherfucking no. Um, sorry, mm-hmm. if, I don't know if I can curse, but like usually black parents like absolutely not. Um, right. So as black by part of that, most black people start dating probably in their late teens and probably in college when they're not home. Um, so I think by the time you turn 22, a lot of women are just tired. They're yeah. tired of bullshit. They're tired of being lied to. They're tired of the talking stage. They're tired of being manipulated by men. They're tired of being exploited by men. So if I'm going to go through some bullshit, it might as well be for money. I think that's what a lot of women are thinking. I have friends who, um, you know, date wealthy men, and I'm not mad at them for that. Um, it's not something I me want to do. I'm not going to block my blessing, but, you know, I've, 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 I want to provide for myself, and I, I want to be with someone because I love them, not because I'm trying to profit off of them. Right. Um, but I think a lot of women are, are just tired yeah. and fed up. And I think black women, especially, you know, black women have are overwhelmingly um, sexually and physically abused. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just think a lot of women are tired. And so I think it's a byproduct of that. I think, um, you know, dating a lifestyle feels a lot easier than um, being emotionally attached to somebody. Mm. And so wow, I think. Wow. Wow that's kind of what's going on. I think a lot of people are tired. I can tell you right now, I'm tired. Girl, I'm tired. I'm weary. Up. Yeah, and I'm, I'm only 21 and I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, like I told my mom yesterday, I'm like, I'm choosing myself. I'm dating myself. I'm really, I'm done with the bullshit. I'm done with the games. I'm too old for this. Um, I was too old for it in high school. I'm too old for it as, like in college. I'm too old for it in the real world. Um, so I think a lot of women are just tired of all of the 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 trauma and I don't think men... I think we don't hold men accountable in general. And I think as black women, we're taught to really protect black men and also tolerate a lot from black men. Yes. Um, and so I think as a byproduct of that, a lot of women have, bit, have been biting their tongues for a really long time and not setting boundaries and not communicating um, what makes them uncomfortable. And um, they're hurt. And no one yes. knows that they're hurt, but they're hurt. And so I think that they're, you know, doing the city girl thing because that's less painful. Mm. And let me add a note that this conversation is not rooted in bashing the black man, dismantling the black man, dismantling the black fan. Like, we're not doing any of that. These are conversations that, like I said, on a lower scale, on a personal level, that single black women have all the time. Why am I not married yet? Why am I, quote unquote, feeling undesired? Why am I not getting approached? What what is going on? And so this conversation is a powerful a powerful one. Excuse me, that just needed to happen. Absolutely, and we needed. I needed this perspective. I know my sisters out there needed this perspective, and I'm so thankful and grateful for all the research that you've done. Just girl, your education is paid <laughs> off, girl. Well done. Like you have opened my eyes and my mind and my heart to just so much that I just could not understand about what was happening to me and amongst my peers. And just thank you for just sharing that, for putting that information out there on the internet for us to have. And even just for taking this moment in time to able to be able to talk to us about what it is to be dating while black. And I love this conversation so much and where can the people find you on social media? Um, and if you did want to kind of quickly talk about um, DWB. 
Yeah. So um, you can find me at um, on Instagram at Kat Tinsley, K-A-T-T-I-N-S-L-E-Y. And I think on TikTok, it's Kat Tinsley underscore. I'm not sure. I don't really know how TikTok works. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and then too, for, It's confusing. Um, and then for Dating While Black, we are underscore Dating While Black underscore. Super easy to find us. Um, mm-hmm. And... DWB really started because I was having these conversations with a lot of my friends and you know I was realizing that we probably need to have this conversation with a lot of people um and it kind of just started out as a blog post I used to be a blogger um that I made in like I want to say 2018 discussing um misogynoir and I kind of collected stories of black girls at different colleges um and we got a lot of responses from a lot of people um a lot of older women as well who were like, you know, this was my experience in college and it's my experience now as an adult. Um, a lot of millennials. So it was like nice seeing the generational differences. But I think Gen Z has a unique problem because of Tinder and Hot or Not. And I don't know if you remember that app, but that was definitely a thing when I was in high school. Oh, wow. Um, and so and as a byproduct of that, our generation has never been like courtship has not existed outside of dating apps for our generation. Wow. Um, we are the only generation that has that problem. Like millennials had courtship. They didn't have cell phones until we got cell phones. Right. So the idea of millennials being centered around the tech age is just false because most of their dating experiences existed prior to social media. Um, mm-hmm. We have exclusively been courted um, via an app. So it was a unique thing to go into on how this is impacting Gen Z, especially um, for you know, people who are not, I think hookup culture is also replaced dating culture, which is damaging in its own way. Um, mm-hmm. But just kind of like having these conversations and it kind of evolved into a larger kind of project. So check us out. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you, Black woman, again for your time, for your energy, for your knowledge. It is much appreciated. Thank you. I hope we didn't ramble too much. Oh, girl, when I tell you this is powerful, a powerful conversation for all groups, for Gen Z, millennials, and even older folks. I don't know what they're calling them, but (laughs) (laughs) even them, because when I tell you this is a much needed conversation. So thank you again. And y'all, make sure y'all follow my girl on social media and be sure to check out all of her content. It is powerful and it will really rock your world. As always, be sure to uh, go back, listen to previous episodes, follow Be Spirit Led Podcast on Instagram and live a life that pleases God and blesses others. Until next time. Bye. Bye.